The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry DeBromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McKay. Join us at allaboutsunday.com. And now, get busy listening and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. Betting can be a roller coaster, so it's great that we've got a man who is vastly experienced, not only with the world of betting, but also with the world of roller coasters. Time Forms Mark Milligan is here. <laughs> good, good afternoon, or good morning, or whatever time it is that we're, we're recording this. Yeah, I was uh, indulging in a spot of theme park roller coasterization uh, yesterday, having taken a, a few days off. Not something that, that someone approaching 50 should really be getting involved in I would hasten to add because I feel like I've been run over by a bus this morning (laughs) such is the fun of roller coasters like oh my god that was great Uh, do you want to tell us what you had to do briefly just your your son and you having a great time the problem is as Uh, soon as the roller coaster ends what did you have to do we, we went. We went on a log flume, which like, just to set the scene here, this is a child's log flume, apparently, which is branded for children. It only has one big dip in it. We got so wet, the pair of us, that we basically had to go to the local shopping centre, and I had to buy new socks and trainers because I just literally could not walk in my. And my son had to buy a. Uh, new boxer shorts and socks because he was so wet so we basically then had to surreptitiously go into some public toilets and change into our our new gear oh my <laughs> goodness the last time i was at Oakwood, we um my my girlfriend at the time that i managed to blag our way into some kind of a laundry room in there and we were able to get our clothes dried there because we were drenched from the wooden roller coaster. It's the largest wooden roller coaster in Europe, uh, and it's an immense amount of fun. But man, were we absolutely soaked to the skin! So yeah, yeah, uh, good, good times. Oh, I've, I've never, never been as wet. Literally, it was like a tidal wave coming into that that car that we were in. And they, they have these big drying machines that cost like two pounds and you can stand in them for four minutes to dry yourselves up. Well, you might as well have just had a little handheld hairdryer for all the use that did. <laughs> it was ridiculously wet. I've literally never been. And I paid 140 quid for the privilege. Oh, there's something about just like being in clothes and being drenched. There's nothing worse. Oh. Than, like if you get caught in the rain... Like in a really bad shower, and you're destroyed. Like your clothes are absolutely destroyed. There's, it's such a bad feeling. Like that's not was, how we're supposed I, to wear clothes. <laughs> I was at, at Cheltenham on the Wednesday this year. If people cast their minds oh, back no. to the Wednesday of Cheltenham, when it literally it was torrential rain all day, and 
I was wetter yesterday than I was on the Wednesday of childhood, just from one ride on a child's log flume. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Right. 155 at air is where we're going to kick off. The Virgin Bet Duneside Cup Stakes listed race Phantom Flight, who I talked up uh, not so long ago on the show and then decided, you know what? I'm going to go for a different horse instead, like an idiot. Um, three to one. Joint favourite for John and Jess Dance. James Horton, been having a terrific time of things, and PJ McDonald in the saddle. Royal champion is 7-2 with Kaluki Sportsbook for Roger Varian and Jack Mitchell, uh, who go 11-2 about you can Glenn. And Dark Moon Rising is an 8-1 to one shot. Who are you looking at? Uh, the more I look at this race, the more difficult I find to get away from Phantom Flight. Yeah, he's a really good horse, isn't he? And I think we should take a little bit of time out here to just appreciate what James Horton has done in his first season Fantastic. training as well. 19% strike rate, 14 winners from 72 runners. I mean, he's got the pedigree, hasn't he? He's a former assistant to Sir Michael Stout, but he's really hit the ground running, and he's got a good one here in Phantom Flight, who in his last four runs has won three of them, absolutely bolted up in a competitive handicap at the York Eber meeting. Prior to that, he'd been beaten only three lengths by New London. Now, New London did disappoint us a little bit in the St. Ledger, but the fact was he went into the St. Ledger as the St. Ledger favourite, and this horse was just three lengths behind him uh, in a new market handicap at the July meeting there. So there's loads to like about Phantom Flight. He's a three-year-old who's on the upgrade. He probably hasn't finished improving yet there are a couple of three-year-olds in here that are, are of interest but none more so than than phantom flight who's really really um his his form is on the right trajectory isn't he he's a horse this is a listed race to side cup he's a horse who i think quite clearly will be taking in group races next season and i, I like him i like him a lot in this spot yeah, he's going to take the world of beating. And when PJ McDonald asked him to quicken at York, he just bolted up. He surged clear. It was like he'd pressed sport mode and away he was gone. Uh, he's unexposed and he'll take the world of beating, right? The 230 is the Virgin Bet Air Silver Cup handicap where Snash is the 15-2 to 2 favorite for Tim Easterby and David Allen with Kaluki Sportsbook. They go 11-1 to 1 about Emperor Spirits. Ross Ryan on board for Archie Watson. It's 12s about Abolish. And same price about Dusky Lord and Vintage Clarets as well. There's a number of horses there at the 12 to 1 show. That's the current betting with Kaluki as we record on Friday morning. Talk to me about the 2.30, my friend. Yeah, this is uh, like, I mean, this is the this is the Air Gold Cup consolation race. And like the Gold Cup itself, this is just, it's it's a puzzle wrapped up in an enigma, isn't it? It's It's very, very difficult to decipher I kind of went round and round in circles I was looking at draw pace angles that sort of thing and I'm I'm nowhere near as much of an expert on that sort of thing as our our colleague Ben Aitken is so I just I just thought in the end rather than try and decipher too much where the draw was concerned I just looked towards the pace really and and see if I could find a horse that might be suited by the pacing. It looks like all the pace is high in here to me. If we look at the time form pace map, other than Emperor Spirit in one, who's a, a forward going type, all the pace looks to be sort of from 10, 11, 12 upwards. 
But I thought I would hedge my bets a little bit and go for one who's kind of in the middle. And that's Dusky Lord, who I don't think has been seen to anything like maximum effect on his last couple of runs. Certainly at Doncaster last week, he shaped better than the bare result. He was in a, a group that was was a little bit disadvantaged in where they raced. Prior to that, he'd run in a five-runner handicap at Goodwood and never really got any chance to open up there. He was always just held in and couldn't really, he just couldn't get involved at all. And prior to that, he'd finished last of 22 at York, but even in that run, I think he was disadvantaged in that he was held up in a race where where the pace just did not collapse and he, he basically had no chance from that time you've got to take a bit of a leap of faith here but i'm prepared to strike a line through all of dusky lord's last three runs and if we took them out we can see he finished second in a really good handicap at goodwood in july that sort of form if he returns to that and i, I don't think he's He's had the circumstances to reproduce that form in any of his last three runs. If he returns to that, I think he'll he'll give a really good account in here. I'm hoping from stall 10 that Jack Mitchell will... I'm hoping he'll follow the pace towards the stand side because I think that might be the place to be. The one note of caution, if memory serves, I think Staxton won this race last year ploughing... Um, a lone furrow on the far side from a low draw. So that's just something to take into account. But in a, a devilishly fiendish race, I, I decided to side with Dusky Lord. And I will be joining you with the Dusky Lord play as well. This brings us to the 305, which is the Group 3 for Juvenile Phillies Queen Me, who we saw uh, at York not so long ago. Ran a monstrous race there. She had that remarkable statistic where her siblings, her her mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother had all won the Lowther. And boy, did she very narrowly almost add it to that as well. And as a 20-to-1 shot for the final Furlong podcast team, we almost had it. Uh, next swing along came along to do us. 5-to-4, um, no 20s today. 5-to-4 uh, about Queen Me for Tom Eves and Kevin Ryan. Um, she is a short price favourite with Kaluki, and rightly so. Bonnie Angel, Clive Cox, and Kevin Stott, fives all the time, six to one. Maria Bramwell, a nine to one shot. Is the York runner up going to take all the beating here? Yeah, I think so. This is her race to lose, isn't it? You've just quoted that that remarkable statistic, and that was the statistic that made us side with her at York, wasn't it? Yeah. She was 20 to one, and, and she went so, so close. I, she did the family proud, I think, there, didn't she? She went down on her sword. When we look at, at ratings, we view this race from a, a ratings perspective. She's got upwards of eight pounds in hand on official ratings in here, and she's clear on, on time form ratings as well. If she runs the same race as she ran last time at York, then she'll win this. She'll have to underperform, or one of the the less exposed runners will have to step forward a good deal to beat her. She's not a big price, but I didn't really want to go against her in here. She's eight pounds inferior to everything else that she's taking on, according to the official ratings. That's what the official handicapper is saying. And it's hard to disagree with that. 
Very hard to disagree with that. That was a monstrous effort. And looking back at her debut win, Tom Eves wasn't at all hard on her, and she still managed to go and win by a length. So she takes the world of beating there. The fact that she was able to finish second after her her mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother had all won that race, the fact that they even all lined up is remarkable, given how difficult it is to keep horses sound. That they all were able to run in the Lowther is a great statistic. That her her mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother could win it, and that she could finish second is just extraordinary. Uh, absolutely tremendous stuff. Right, the Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup handicap. We're going to have to put her her daughter when that comes around, when her daughter comes <laughs> around in a few years' time. Straight into the tracker. We know exactly where Kevin Ryan will be going for. Uh, Virgin Bet Gold Cup, big one of the weekend. Kanjar for William Haggis and Jim Crowley, 4-1. to one. And a strong four to one shot, having been nine to two this morning, cut to four to one by Kaluki Sportsbook just before we went on air, and that's Friday morning. Uh, Summergand nine to one from tens. David Amara and Danny Toto, one of the best and most lovable horses in training. Bielsa is a ten to one shot for Kevin Ryan and Kevin Stott. Michael Dodds, Comanche Falls, tens uh, haven't been cut from twelves. And Gulliver was sixteens yesterday, twelve to one now for David Amara. And Jason Watson, some of our old favorites in here, uh, not least Summer Gand, but it's the new blood in Kanjar that is going to be getting most people talking. What's your view on the big one of the weekend, the Air Gold Cup? Yeah, we only have to cast our minds back a couple of years, don't we, to see William Haggis winning the Air Gold Cup with a horse called Naha, who had very sort of similar profile to Kanjar in that lightly raced sprinters on the up. <sighs> I just, I started looking at the race, wanting to be with Kanjar, and then I started to look for reasons to to try and get away from him because in a 25-runner, six-furlong handicap as competitive as this, I, I think four to one is going to be tight enough. It could be. I mean, Kanjar, he could be. We've got the old saying that we've coined now, haven't we? A GH in a H, a group horse in a handicap. He could literally be one of those. But I think he'll probably need to be to win this off a mark of 100. I wasn't entirely convinced about his draw in stall five. I think, I suspect there's a more even spread of pace here than there is in the Silver Cup but I kind of still wanted, on balance, I still wanted to be with something in a double-figure draw. And the one I landed on, from an each-way perspective, is Motagali, who I thought ran a really good race in the Portland at Doncaster last week. And that he was 50-1. to one. He was fifth. He was beaten just over three lengths. And that was only his third run for the Scott Dixon yard, having previously been with Charlie Hills. And Scott Dixon is a master with this type. He really, really knows the time of day when it comes to sprinters. I think there's enough pace in high for him to get a good toe into the race. He's not a come-from-behinder by any means. I think he'll, he'll be ridden quite handily. I think a mark of 94 looks fair. It's a fiendishly difficult race, don't get me wrong, but I thought Motagali... He's going to be in the sort of 14, 16 to 1 region, was worth a stab from an each way perspective against Kanja, who could go off a ridiculously short price for a race of this type. 
He's 14th um, with Kaluki right now for Scott Dixon and, and Dale Swift. And everything you said lines up for me. Um, if I was to throw another one in there, it would probably be 5,000 to 1. Graham Lee for Andrew Balding. He was ninth in it last year, but even with the penalty he picked up for winning a Goodwood, he's still six pounds lower than he was when when ninth last year. He would need to be significantly better than than twelve months ago. But he's coming forward. I think um, I like the performance at Salisbury, where he was. It's a three runner race, one of these ridiculous three runner races that we're having to put up with. But I like the way he shaped that day. Um, I didn't. Hayes, he's run at Newbury when he was fourth behind documenting, and I thought that was really good at, at Goodwood. But I'm much more intrigued in your fella. Uh, Montegali, 14s. They're both 14 to 1 with Kaluki Sportsbook. This will take us to Newbury, where Siskani for Charlie Appleby. Get ready for a Godolphin onslaught here. Uh, led by Charlie Appleby's Siskani, Adam Kirby on board, 11-4 to four currently with Kluki Sportsbook. And just ahead of Sidebin Saroor's Dubai Future, Martin Harley on board, uh, was third the last day at York. Kamari for Charlie Appleby and David Probert is a 5-1 to one shot. And then we've got Sir Michael Stout uh, and Richard Kingsgood teaming up with Solidstone, who is the same price at fives with Kaluki. Right, the first of our races at Newbury, it's the 140, formerly the ARC trial. That's a far cry from an arc trial this year. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of these are going to be uh, lining up at Longchamp in a couple of weeks' time, are they? Um, Charlie Appleby seems to hold the key to this for me with Siskani and Kamari. Kamari's just been a little bit disappointed. I've had to question his attitude, I think, on his last two starts when he, he's been second. I'm not convinced he really wants it. I like Siskani in here. I like the angle that he's coming in fresh, having run a couple of really good races in the Middle East back in January and February. He won at Maidan. He was then, he was beaten six lengths behind Stay Foolish in a Group 3 handicap at Riyadh. But Stay Foolish is a, a, a really good Japanese horse and Sunny Boy Liston split them there stay foolish in Siskani. So that's solid, solid form in the context of this race. Charlie Appleby has a really good record with he's got he's got a really good record with every horse he runs, but he's got a really good record with horses running fresh. So the layoff doesn't concern me unduly. We've also got Saeed Bin Saroo with with Dubai Future in here and Dubai Future tends to turn up and, and run his race more often than not and Saeed having a really good season solid stone he's a to, to uh, no pun intended but he's a solid operator around this level but he does have to give weight away to Siskani five pounds to that one I just thought Siskani w- was really solid in here he's right up there on official ratings he's right up there on time form ratings I think he'll take plenty of beating the one thing I'd say about Kamari is there's no Rebels romance in this race. That's a good point. And the fives might just be a bit too big. It might just be a little bit too big. I, I didn't like him at Newmarket. I didn't like the way he, he shaped up that day. But I thought he was much better against Rebels romance in July. And without having to... It, it's 50 days since that race, so he's had plenty of time to be sparked up. Um, and it might just be that 
this is a, a great opportunity for him to step forward. He does need to turn form around with Siskani from Maidan, but, you know, Maidan form doesn't always hold up. Um, as much as I like Maidan, it, it doesn't always hold up, especially when it's when you're into September. And on his day, he's very good. So I'd, I would side with Kamari just about. Um, and I'm very intrigued as to where Rubble's Romance goes next. He has no entries. I decided to check it just before coming on, but um, I'm very intrigued as to where they go next. Right, the Dubai International Airport World Trophy Stakes, Group 3. Manikan or Mansion, whichever one you want to go for. Three to one favourite with Kaluki. Tis Marvelous has been put in at fours for Clive Cox and Paul Hannigan. Uh, Mitch Bahi has been cut to sixes from sevens, Roger Varian and David Egan. And uh, Chill Chill has been cut from nines to eight to one by Kaluki Sportsbook. And they are the market leaders for our 215 at Newbury. Five furlongs, 12 runners. Who are you looking at? I like Mitch Bahi. I like him quite a lot. Great minds think alike, my man. Let's go. (laughs) He was very much on the up, wasn't he, at the start of the summer, winning a small race at Hamilton. He then won a, a listed contest at Sandown, went back to Sandown, was beaten just a neck by Rassel and and didn't get the, the greatest run through there in truth um, in that particular run behind Rassel and Rassel he's been a winning machine hasn't he for the, the horse watchers yeah. this summer so there's no disgrace in that but I think to be honest McBar he should probably have beaten him that day I was I can't pretend to not be disappointed by his run behind Cardem at Goodwood in the King George States last time, but he just never, for me, looked at home on that track at Goodwood. The downhill, the camber, he just seemed he seemed all at sea right from the off. But we, you can't knock what Cardem's gone on and done since then, can you? So even the fact that uh, he's finished behind Cardem, Cardem's a, a good horse at his level. Yes, he was again a little bit disappointed in the Sprint Cup, but he ran fourth to Highfield Princess, didn't he, in the in the Nunthorpe Cardem. So the fact that Mitt Bahi was even in the same sort of race as, as that calibre of horse tells you plenty. He didn't handle the track at Goodwood. He'll be much more at home at Newbury. I think he'll carry on his upward curve that we saw from the start of the summer here. I couldn't put it better myself, and therefore there's no need for me to add anything. Just put him in the lucky 63. You'll notice we're talking about seven races today. So I'm going to be doing six races. I almost forgot how many horses there are in a lucky 63. Me! Forget how many are in a lucky 63. What's going on, Mark? We're doing talk sport a little bit. I might need to lie down, my man, before we go on air. What's going on? Uh, Clearly, I've had an old bump on the noggin. But yes, there will be six horses that I'll be backing, and um, that's definitely one of them. Definitely one of them. Uh, the two-year-old race, then back into two-year-old company for our last race. This is the Dubai Duty Free Mill Reef Stakes, and Sakir is the even money favourite for Roger Varian and David Egan, having b- 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 bolted up over six lengths on uh, his second start. Nice run on debut as well. Should have been a ring. York and Rippon Hero, nine to four for Richard Hannon, who had. I think it was 10 entries, 
for this race. Uh, nine to four from eleven to four with Kaluki Sportsbook. Heroism has been cut from eleven to two. Oh, apologies, apologies. I really do need to lie down, mate. Pushed out from eleven to two. No one wants heroism. Eight to one. Uh, Sharon, Roger Varian, Tom Marquand, eleven to one, and that horse is on the drift as well. Tens, uh, only a minor drift, but still. Uh, Richard Hannon, Wallop, uh, twelve to one. Haven't been cut from fourteens and rousing encore. Richard Fahey, eighteens. Let's go for the outside of the field. Mustajab, uh, who won at Foss last, a thirty-three to one shot. And I do remember having interviewed William Muir about this fella, uh, and this was. King George weekend, so it was the Friday before the King George, uh, the day before, and he thought this fellow was going to run a monstrous race. He ended up finishing seven and a half lengths uh, beaten on debut, but ran an eye-catching enough race, and he sounded very, very bullish about him, and then he bolted up at Foss Lass. Did I have a scent on him? No, I didn't. Not one single scent did I have on, Uh, and they've now decided to up the Tazalit out of Delicani Mare into uh, Group 2 company. Uh, he also trained a, a sibling of this horse. Was it the brother or the sister? Um, yeah, he knows this. Fiji trained. Now, you look at the prize money and you think, well, that's that's no big deal. What's so great about that? Uh, but Fiji was sold to race in Hong Kong and had to come back after a, a bit of a setback, and he thought the world of that horse. He thought that horse was going to have a, a terrific time of things, and it didn't quite work out. So, in another reality, in another multiverse, uh, Mustajab's brother has a great time of things, and he thought an awful lot of this fella. So, look, at 33 to 1, I wouldn't put anybody off. Uh, that being said, most people are going to be looking at Sakir and should have been a ring. Um, I'll do my best to, to try and find the value here, and I think Mustajab. I remember how positive William Muir was about this horse. And it wasn't an easy debut for the horse to be stepping into either. Uh, it was a, an interesting maiden at Ascot the day before King George Day, and he was v- surprisingly bullish about him, a man. So on third start, having been a, a pretty convincing winner at Foss Lass, albeit it was ahead, but I liked the performance that day. I think that's not a horse that I can just let run at what should be a wild price. Currently 33s, and we might get even bigger. Um... That being said, who have you been looking at for our final race, the 250, the Dubai Duty Free Mill Reef? Yeah, I wouldn't put anyone off having a, a stab at any horse in any race that's going to be a huge price. He does need to improve, I think, Mustard Jab quite significantly on that, that headwind at Foss last, last time, but we're dealing with lightly race two year olds, aren't we? So that can absolutely, definitely happen. But the one horse in this race that I'm most excited to see this weekend above all others is, and it's really boring, but it's Sakia because he was so, so impressive last time, wasn't he? Now, do you know how much he cost? Billions of pounds, about 550,000 euros as a breeze up by, was he? Spot on. Spot on. Yeah. They've paid a lot of money for him. And he ran quite well to finish second on debut at Windsor, looking a little bit in need of the experience there. And he absolutely bolted up at Haydock at the start of this month. The jury is a little bit out on the worth of that form, I would say. Um, A couple of horses have run out of that race. 
haven't done a great deal for the form, but you couldn't knock the way that Sakia won that. He was just so, so impressive. One of the most impressive two-year-old performances visually that I've seen this season. Yes, it's a big step up from that sort of company into Group 2 company. Should have been a ring, sets the standard on form, and there's absolutely no doubt that Sakia needs to improve to beat that one, but should have been a ring has had four runs already. Sakir is coming to this with just two runs under his belt. He's open to any amount of improvement. I think he he struck me. The first thing I thought when I saw him win at Haydock was that that's a horse that's going to be group two, group one class. They're going to fast track him. That's what they've done. They've fast tracked him into the group two here at Newbury. I do like him that Look, I'm not going to tell people to start barreling in on a two-year-old at even money that's only had two runs, but I think he's a very, very exciting horse, and he's, above all else, the one horse that I'm most excited to see this weekend. Well, don't forget, Mark Milligan just said to barrel in with <laughs> load up the shotgun, put in both barrels, and fire away. We're coming for you, Kaluki. We're coming. Oh, wait, you said don't do that, didn't you? Uh, it's funny yes, how you can I just, would... like, miss a word out. <laughs> I would always be keen to promote responsible gambling. You know that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a boring thing to do. But, yes, gamble responsibly and all that malarkey. But um, you, know, you already do that. You know. You're listening to the final furlong. You're having the crack. You're having the crack. You know what's up. You know what time of day it is. You know what's going on. It's gamble time. We're coming for you, Secure. Uh, even money with Kaluki. We might get odds against in the morning. Saturday morning. I think we will, you know. This is becoming more of a thing that bookmakers are... And I was talking to a, a few traders about this. That um, they are having to to dangle carrots more often now on Saturday mornings. Um, doesn't always work. Doesn't always happen. And the market can go a bit like crypto. Oh, dear. Uh, who the hell knows how it's going to go? But I wouldn't be surprised if you're getting five to four. And it's... You can't eat value, but it is damn good. So five to four, but secure. Um, I wouldn't put anybody off Mustajab. You know what? One of the things that really intrigued me about all of this is because I did put him in the tracker after he bloody well won. Um, but having done the research for this, do you know what William Muir said about where he's going to go next? I, I assume it must be an ambitious target from the way you're talking. He said, we're going to go for the Mill Reef. Well, that's exactly what they've done. Let's go! What was it Barry Dennis said? 33 to 1. Let's go, son. Let's go. Oh, that was Gary Wilshire, wasn't it? It was it was Gary Wilshire on the morning line on Channel 4. And went, 33 to 1. Let's take it. Um, right. Let's figure out who this lucky 63 is then. Save your best bet. We'll just do a brief recap. 155 air. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going for Phantom Flight. Um, yeah. I know Jump the Gun was was high on my list. Who did we say we were going to go for in the 2.30? Uh, Dusky Lord. Dusky Lord, there. yeah. Now, if Jump the Gun goes and wins this, I'm going to be... <laughs> That'll be my fault, because I've talked you out of that one. Well, no, I, I, think, I think you're right, though. 
I think you know, I can debate that all day long. I'm more than happy to to go that way. Uh, we're both with Queen Me in the three or five. Find it really difficult to get past Queen Me, um, and you made a great case for Motagali, then in the in the big one in the Air Gold Cup, and we're getting the we're getting all the each way offers there, we're getting all the each way offers there. Uh, this then brought us to Sandown. There's a difference Newbury. of opinion between Sandown, Newbury, Newbury, Sandown, Newbury, of course. <laughs> Oh, do you know what? For all that I was joking about, oh, I think I need a lie down. I think I actually might need a lie down. Um, there's a difference of opinion between you and me here because I can't quite get away from Kamari, and this is probably Aratus all over again. Yeah, don't don't worry. I made a complete and utter fool of myself with Aratus and fell right off that cliff, and I might fall off the cliff with Kamari. Although at least with him, he's not a horse that I've been backing all year, and I'm now desperately trying to get it back. I just I've liked Rebels Romance, and I think without him in the field, Kamari should be able to get get one on the board. That being said, he's not exactly one that you hang your hat on. Um, who did you side with? Uh, Siskani, the stable company. Siskani, yeah. And he got a verdict over him in Dubai earlier in the year. Uh, the 215 were both in agreement that it's Mitch Bahi. Yeah. He goes and gets the job done. And then this brings us to the Mill Reef. And I'm swinging for the fences with Mustajab at 33 to 1. Um, right, your pick? My pick in the uh, Mill Reef is Sakia. Who, of course, um, is. I, I'm certainly not, not going to put you off going for a 33 to 1 shot, but I'll just stay really boring and pick the even money favourite. Well, he's going to take the world of beating. And it's interesting listening to Oshin Murphy on the show when he was on Monday breaking down uh, Irish Champions Weekend with us. But did you see the attendance for Irish Champions Weekend? No, was it, was it a, a good one? Jesus. Woeful. I went, really? I went to the Curra and purposely did not apply for media accreditation. I went there as a fan. I went for the day just to enjoy it. You talked about getting drenched at the start of the show. I was dripping wet. <laughs> <laughs> Soaking wet I was for all the wrong reasons on the Sunday. Uh, get your minds out of the gutter. Come on now. And um, I, I liked it. I enjoyed the racing. It was woeful weather. That's not the Curra's fault. But the crowd was terrible. Um, and it's great to meet people there. And uh, hello to all of you who was shaking hands with and saying hello to. But the, the attendance figure was, was brutal. It was 15,000 for the two days. That's not good. That's not good at all. So Not, not for the, the quality of racing that's no, offered. No. That's not. Did you see the the attendances for the racing league? I haven't seen those. No, that I, I would imagine that that they're not any great shakes either. Though I was told this morning, and I am very much relaying secondhand information here, but I was told this morning that they did not crack a thousand for each night. Wow. I don't know what to do there, but hey, at least at least Match Hammond didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just point out? I was at my one of my local tracks, Beverly, just a couple of days ago. I took my 
my dear old father has been very ill in the last year or so. And Beverly was really well attended. A run-of-the-mill midweek meeting, nothing above a Class 4 handicap on the card. But the, it's such a great track and so well run. And the people always turn out. And I think that's hats off to Beverly that they get the people there. And, and I say that was just a run-of-the-mill midweek fixture and it was really well attended, and we had a really good day there. That's great. Did he enjoy it? I loved it. He didn't back a single winner, but he, he loved it. But he enjoyed it anyway. That's good. That's the important <laughs> yes. thing. Um, but the reason we got onto this conversation was me saying about Oshin Murphy highlighting uh, Elder Alderov's owner and just how much he's pumping into the game and what a fan of racing he is. And he's forked out an absolute fortune for Sakir. So hopefully... There's more success to come. And Elder Alderov being talked about now for the Melbourne Cup. Some European challenge heading down for the Melbourne Cup this year. Um, mm-hmm. And Elder Alderov may very well be one of them who takes up that engagement. So that, that's going to be intriguing. Uh, right. Who is your best bet of the weekend? Yeah, I think there are several that have got really strong chances. The likes of Phantom Flight, Queen Me, Sakia, who we've talked a lot about towards the, the back end of the conversation. But my best bet's going to be at Newbury in the 2.15 mid-bahi. Let's go! Let's go! Um, I would have been saying mid-bahi as well. Instead, I'm going to go with uh, Mustajab. Come on! Come on! You think I'm taking the piss here and that I'm not going to go to something else? No, <laughs> no, Mustajab. Let's go. Mill Reef Stakes... If you're getting that kind of insight, getting that kind of info, then what's the point in not sharing it with the Final Four Podcast team? Uh, I can't overstate how incredibly bullish William Muir was about this horse on debut, and he was incredibly green. He looked like he didn't know what was going on. Uh, it was promising towards the end of the race, and then he's gone to Foss Lass and won. So look, it's a massive step up. Of course it is. Do the forecast. Do the reverse forecast with Sakir. And let's go up to Kaluki's HQ and take the schlates off the roof. We're coming for you, Kaluki. We're coming for you. Uh, 33 to 1. I think we might get 40s. But hey, if the final Furlong podcast posse get behind him, there'll be no such thing as 40s. He'll be 20s. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's roll the dice and, and go for uh, Mustajab. And that will be the Lucky 63. Uh, if you're looking for something at a shorter price... Kamari, but Mustajab is the nap. Uh, that's it from Mark Milligan. I've enjoyed it as ever. Thank you. I really enjoyed it too, my friend. A uh, lot of fun today. Um, Paul Ferguson is with us on Tuesday as we're going to do our first. We've already t- talked to Harry Derham. By the way, if you didn't listen to Harry, uh, a lot of fun with him. He's stepping out on his own as a trainer. And he talks about his purpose-built facility. They haven't actually gone there yet. They've uh, He's rented a yard in Lambourne to start, and then he's going into his own yard, which is near Newbury. Um, he speaks about a good number of horses he already has, uh, what, it, what it's like being in the sales ring and having the hammer go down and the horses on its way over to you, what that, that feels like, um, the advice that Paul gave him. And... Um, we get a good proper jumps chat. It's it's a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, so the Harry Durham Stable Tour is available now on all good podcast apps 
and some rubbish ones as well. Spotify, listen on Spotify. Uh, and we'll be doing a good jumps podcast on Tuesday. Paul Ferguson in the house, and you know it. There will indeed be a discount code for jumpers to follow. Of course there will. We're looking after you, as always, on the Final Forum Podcast. Myself and Weatherby's teaming up again to look after the Final Forum Podcast posse. Discount code, exclusive discount code, will be listed in the first two minutes of that show. So if you're interested in ordering jumpers to follow, and of course you are, because Paul's work is absolutely fantastic, hold mad tough. Hold mad tough till Tuesday. You get to hear what Paul has to say about... We're going to be talking about... We won't give away too much. We'll be talking about a certain division in jumps racing. And um, there will indeed be yet another offer. Final Forum Podcast team. Uh, until Tuesday, when Paul Ferguson is in the house, we'll talk to you very, very soon on the Final Forum Podcast. Have a great weekend. Bring on the gravy. Talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry de Bromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McKay. Join us at allaboutsunday.com.